0: delve into some side notes. And what are side notes? They may be historical issues that I want to deal with that give you a biblical perspective. It might be something economic, might be something from the Bible, might be uh, some symbolism from the Bible, or it might even just be some ideas, philosophical, maybe even scientific, that interest me and that I think the Bible either speaks to or they shed light on Scripture and allow you to understand and see Scripture in uh, maybe a new, a different, a more in depth way than you saw it before. So, uh, Friday Side Notes is. Uh, dealer's choice type situation for me in in that I am going to just give you information that is important. During the last several Friday Side Notes, we've been dealing with the theological understandings of justification, sanctification, and glorification. Justification, uh, we spent about three weeks on it dealing with the new birth and how God has made us right with him again through making us new spirits, being born again, and uh, fixing the problem that was in the garden with Adam and him dying because God said, in the day you eat of the fruit of this tree, you shall surely die, or in the finite period of time. And he did. And from then on, man was spiritually dead. And then the second Adam came, Hebrews tells us, and that's Jesus. And he fixed the problem. He atoned for the sin, and he made us made it possible that we could be right before him again. And so we are. We're justified before God. And then God begins that long process, that life process, of sanctification. We call it salvation. Many uh, call it being saved. That's an idea that uh, is really prevalent among the church in America and likely the church around the world. Salvation is a process. It's not an event. It's not the new birth. It's not like the new birth. It's not like being begat again by God. It's a process. And it's a process by which God brings our soul, which has two aspects to it, our heart and our mind in line with his will. And so sanctification is very important because it is really what the Christian life is all about. Christian life is about being sanctified. It's about being saved by God and being brought in line with his will, understanding his purposes, his nature, coming to be able to see him and to know him and to walk with him. And then as we walk with him, as we grow in that relationship with him, we uh, learn his purposes for our lives. We learn the gifts that he's given us. We learn to walk by faith. And really, that's the driving force. That's the engine. That's the powerhouse of sanctification is us learning how to trust him. It's an act of free will. We freely choose to trust him. We freely choose to chase after him, to walk with him. And many times in life, we freely choose not to and we backslide, or we're like the prodigal son. We go off into the far country and do what we want to. We indulge our flesh, we indulge our pleasures, we indulge all the desires of our heart, and we choose not to walk with God. But the truth is, sanctification is a process that God is at work in our lives doing, and ultimately, he's going to bring it about to its full end and its completion. He's gonna bring us as far as he can, in the process of us learning how to trust Him and learning how to walk with Him. Now, the final process that God has for us, and we're gonna only spend one week on it, is the process of glorification. And it is an interesting idea. It's an interesting process. It is an interesting experiment as we think through. Glorification deals with our flesh and it deals with our bodies. And we know that that our flesh is weak We know that our flesh is utterly sinful. And we also know that our flesh is marred so much by sin that God ultimately is going to take these human bodies and he's going to, I believe, use the genetic code, the the seed of those bodies and make us new bodies, eternal bodies, spiritual bodies that are perfect and complete before him. Now, I'm going to read to you just a few passages of scripture so that we can deal with that and understand how the bible kind of directs us in the idea of when we die that we're immediately present with the lord in fact the bible says to be dead in the body is to be present with god and how are we present with him we're present with him with a new glorified body it says in first john chapter 3 verse 2 beloved now we are children of god and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be but we know that when he is revealed We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he, meaning Jesus, is pure. Notice when we see him, we will know him and we shall be like him. What does that mean? Well, Jesus has a glorified body, and that. In uh, the book of the Revelation, you that in uh, Revelation chapter 1, that in Revelation chapter 4, and then you see that quite literally throughout the book of the Revelation, and he's presented as a glorified Christ. We see a foreshadowing of that when he went up to the Mount of Transfiguration uh, and took Peter, James, and John, and they saw him glorified, and he- they saw him shine as white as lightning, and we saw him in his glorified state. And That state is how he is in heaven right now. You see that picture of him having hair white and wool. You see him have eyes of fire, a double-edged sword coming out of his mouth, clothes that is white as lightning in it, and his robe goes all the way to the floor and his feet are burnished bronze. That glorified body that he's in, which is a spiritual body, which is a, a eternal body, And that body also manifests what he had in in his human body, in his physical body. We see that body has the scars and the evidence of his crucifixion and his death. His hands and his feet and his side and his body with the stripes, they are all there. We also see that happen when he came into the upper room and Thomas had said he wanted to put his uh, fingers in, in the holes and his hand in his side. And Jesus showed him that those things were there and gave him the opportunity, which he did not take. Because once he saw Jesus glorified, he rejected that and he fell and and worshiped him. And so we understand that there's going to be something glorified about it. Philippians chapter three is very interesting. He says, Philippians chapter three, verse 15, therefore, let us as many as are mature have this in mind, that if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal it, even This to you, nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Brethren, joining in following my example and noting those who walk as you have us for a pattern for many walk of whom I have told you often. And now to even tell you weeping that you are enemies of the cross of Christ. Notice in verse 20 says for our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for our for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to His glorious body. Notice, there's going to be a transformation. It said earlier we saw in First John that He says He's going to we're going to be like He is. Well, notice in the, in Philippians, Paul says that our bodies will be transformed from the lowly bodies, the limited bodies that we're in, and conformed. To his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. And what he's saying is he's able to subdue our flesh, our sinful nature. We can walk in maturity as we see in verse 15. And that is our mind our and our heart, our soul. But our earthly bodies need to be transformed. They need to be fixed. They need to be utterly and completely changed. And we see that spelled out in great detail in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 42. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. And that's one of the words, one of the places where we see this idea of glorification. It's sown in weakness and it's raised in power. So it's sown in death it's sown in corruption, it's sown in dishonor, meaning when we we die, our physical bodies are dead, they're corrupt, they're dishonored, they're weak. But then God takes that and he raises incorruption, he raises glory, and he raises power. Verse 44 says this, it is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There's a natural body and there's a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. And what 1 Corinthians is talking about is that same idea we see in the book of Hebrews. Jesus is the second Adam. The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. And that's who Jesus is. He is able to give us life, and he gives us life, spiritual life. He gives us Uh, a new heart and a new mind, but he also gives us a glorified body. Verse 46 says, however, the spiritual is not first, but the natural and afterward the spiritual. And so what he's saying is, first we have these natural bodies and then one day we will have a spiritual one. The first man was on the earth made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven, as was the man of dust. So also those who are made of dust and as is the heavenly man so also are those who are heavenly now notice what he's saying is as adam was made of dust so also we're going to be made of dust and we we know that passage ashes to ashes and dust to dust we were made from the dust of the ground and back to the dust of the ground we go he says he says as we have borne the image of man of dust we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man and that's jesus christ and so we're going to be perfectly in his image we're going to be perfectly in his image and that which we become is going to be eternal it's going to be perfect it's going to be unbreakable we are going to have bodies that you cannot understand verse 50 says thou this i say brethren that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of god nor does corruption inherit incorruption Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. We're going to take off these corruptible bodies and we're going to put on incorruptible bodies. And he says, and this mortal must put on immortality, meaning we're going to be limited Physically, and then one day we're gonna put on eternal life and we're gonna put on eternal bodies that last forever, immortal bodies. So when this corruption corruptible has put on incorruption, I'm in verse 54, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying. That is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death. Where is your sting? Oh, hell, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. As you see there, we are going to have glorified bodies. Now you say, okay, Pastor Chad, I'm just, I'm excited. I'm fired up. And you can tell I'm excited and fired up about it. In fact, I'd like to give out a little shout. I'm excited about the way it's going to be in, in our future. But you know what? The Bible doesn't give us a lot of insights into that. And you say, Pastor, why why doesn't the Bible tell us how that's going to all work out and what it's all going to be like? I'm going to tell you, after I've read uh, uh, Thessalonians, after after I've read John trying to describe what he saw in the book of the Revelation, after I've read the prophecies of Daniel and Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Joel, and after I've seen all the word of God where uh, men of limited Natures, meaning the nature that we live in, these corruptible bodies, try to describe that which they saw, which is incorruptible. I realized, you know what? I'm not sure that our human mind, in its sin nature, in its struggle to actually walk by faith, I'm not sure that our physical bodies, that is so limited and so corrupted by sin, I'm not sure that we're even capable of realizing or understanding how wonderful and how glorious our bodies are going to be. I don't think we really, We. I don't think if God sat down and explained it, we would understand it. I think we're just going to have to experience it. I think that to God, if he could give us an insight into it, I I think he would have told us. I I know that in Corinthians, we see the apostle Paul explaining that there was one that entered the third heaven. And he said that the things he saw were unimaginable, things that he couldn't, there's no way he could explain. Things that were, well, the best way to say it is they were things that just can't be uh, told because really there's no words to describe it and there's no way to know it. And I think that's true of our uh, relationship with God. I think that's true with our understanding of what these incorruptible bodies are gonna be. I think that's true of how we walk with him in the future. I think the truth is that these glorified bodies that we're going to have are so marvelous and so wonderful, and really, to tell you uh, the truth, so indescribable that God just doesn't describe them. Because as far as our human limited mind and the way we see the world, we just don't understand how good it's going to be. And I really do believe that. And the reason I believe that is because when I walk with him and when his spirit moves and when I see him at work in the lives of others, I just can't imagine this world being that good. And the truth is, this is just barely scratching the surface of how wonderful it is to stand before a holy, mighty, powerful creator God who is all good and actually being completely whole before him. I've never walked, not one day in my life, completely whole. I've always had this stain in this body of death that I lived in and I've always walked around limited by my understanding, limited by my knowledge, limited by the environment that I live in, limited by my experiences limited by the uh, raging emotions that are in my heart and limited by the inability for my mind to comprehend some of the glorious things that are, are comprehensible by my mind. And so I have spent my whole life totally broken and totally unable to even begin to recognize the glories that are my God. But one day I shall, and you will too. And those days, there is a hope that's in us and that hope comes from the faith that he's given us. It's an anxious expectation, and we should be anxiously expecting the good days to come that God has for us, and we should look forward to them, and we should want them as a, as a third dying creature desires a sip of that pure living water. We should desire it also, but let me say this. That day is coming sooner than you think. These bodies that we live in, they perish very quick. I know we try to save lives and prolong life as long as we can. And we do great jobs of doing it. Our medical providers work hard and try to come up with new ways to make us live longer lives. And the truth is we have prolonged our lives, but just a little bit, just a fractional amount. We don't live 200 years. We don't live 500 years. We don't live a thousand years. We've changed the numbers from 70 to 80 which is really just an increase of 13, 14%. And if we were to do that again over the next 100 years, then we would the average age would go from 80 to 90. And that's really nothing. The truth is that it's inconceivable to live in a glorified body. And the truth is it's inconceivable to understand how great and wonderful that's going to be. But I don't have to conceive of it. And I don't have to exactly know what that is because it's promised to me and I will have it. What I need to do is learn to walk in the sanctification that God's given me each and every day, the salvation that comes from him, the glorious salvation that his son has provided. And I should walk in that and you should too. And we're gonna expect that we will and we're gonna expect that the good things to come are more than we could ever imagine because eyes not seen nor ears heard what God is prepared to do for those who love him and he will do it for us. We shall not all perish, but we shall be changed. Praise God, we will. I'm expecting that for you today. In Jesus' name. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.